you ask the question, how is it that I can experience rejection? Because you, you, you're, you're, you're wise enough and self-aware enough to know that rejection is not something you can make go away, right? It is a part and parcel of the process of trying to become ourselves. The world, as David White says in a poem, the world and its harsh need to change you is always at play. And we experience that as a rejection of who we are in this moment. And the way to be with that is to meet that like a warrior. I'm talking about the fact that we cannot stop the world and its harsh need to change us. And so we are really faced with only one choice, one life-affirming, soul-feeding choice, which is to take it personally. And to realize that we're taking it personally because it matters to us. If it didn't matter to you, you wouldn't take it personally. But the problem, now here's the little trick, the little hack. The problem is not that they're rejecting you and that it hurts. The problem is that your own self-definition of worthiness is linked still to whether or not the people of power and influence agree and support the idea. Welcome to the Reboot Podcast. We are so glad you're here. All of my life, I would say I have struggled with rejection. I know it's common, and I know it's painful for everyone to some degree. We are, after all, creatures who need belonging. So it really hurts to have that threatened. But is it really rejection that I'm afraid of? Or is it the fear that others would just officially scorn me in a way that I already feared was true? Rate me in the one place I'm most afraid to be rated. My worthiness. Worthiness is a broad term that's frequently thrown around in the work that we do. But it is such a critically important one. Worthiness is a word that isn't even worthy of the feeling behind it. It's this rock-solid, life-affirming knowledge that I do indeed belong on the ground in the space I take. I belong in this moment, breathing the air I breathe, seeing the things I see, hearing the things I hear. It is a true knowing that I am indeed good enough. And the flip side, the one that often comes with rejection, is incredibly painful. I am not good enough. For all of my life until recently, my worthiness was merely something that others decided. If I say the right things, in that moment, I'm worthy. If I do the right things, in that moment, I'm worthy. If I have the right success or demonstrate the right skills or even look a certain way, then in that moment, I'm worthy. The worthiness was not only something that's bestowed upon me, but it was something that was easily taken. I might be worthy now, but I may not be worthy tomorrow. But I'm starting to feel differently. I sit here now and look at my beautiful six-week-old daughter, Mariah. She has no capacity to say the right things or look the right way or do the right things. She just rocks in my arms in her all-day PJs, which have a bit of spit up on them. And she cries if I rock her the wrong way or her diaper isn't changed. She's just there. And I have no doubts, none, zip, zero, zilch about her worth. She is worthy of being here, of being in this moment, and the next, of being alive 
of being loved so deeply. She is worthy because she is, not because of what she does, and she knows it. So how can I see so clearly for her and struggle to see that for myself? What if I too am worthy because I am, not because of what I do? Grace Bilanga loves and thrives on supporting rich and healthy communities. So it's pretty ideal that she serves currently as the community development strategist for Konama, which focuses on community building to support innovation economies. Grace comes to Jerry with a question we hear often. How does one prepare themselves to better deal with rejection? How do you ultimately toughen your exterior so you can take more rejection? But like me, in this discussion with Jerry, Grace finds there's something far more at stake here than merely support for her work, her worth. Jerry and Grace explore the feelings around rejection, the power that lies in connecting with her passions, and identify that perhaps the path through rejection and worthiness lies within. What if our worth is not only unquestionable, but what if we can finally accept that it is ultimately our call and ours alone on whether we are in fact worthy? Being the CEO of a startup is hard. It can be lonely with long hours and never ending unforgiving to-do lists. When do you take time to step back and take a good hard look at how things are going? When do you take time to step back and take a good hard look at how you are showing up as a leader? Are you ready for a transformational weekend to change how you experience leadership? This April 25th through 28th, reboot and refresh what it means to be a CEO. Over this long weekend, the Reboot team will help you establish greater awareness of your personal leadership habits by creating a customized strategy for being the leader you want to be, the leader you are capable of being, all while building a trusted network of peers you can rely on. Applications are open through March 15th, so go to reboot.io slash April Bootcamp to apply and secure your spot. Good morning, Grace. It's great to see you again. Good morning. Thank you for having me on your show. Oh, so, um, you know, before we got started with the recording, we noted it'll be two years since we actually saw each other, I guess, last uh, two years this coming January. That's so. right. That's right. I went to one of your one of your workshops in, in the middle of winter in the middle of Colorado. Yeah. And where it was, was life changing. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> thank you. So. Um, before we jump in, why don't you just take a moment and introduce yourself? Okay. Well, my name is Grace Belangia, and I live in Georgia, and I help run a collaborative workspace. It's called The Clubhouse. And my, um, in my previous life, I grew up in Silicon Valley in California on the West Coast and moved to the Southeast almost 20 years ago, started a family and really um, have tried to help create sort of an ecosystem that supports entrepreneurs and startups in a, in a community that um, wants to really make a difference in terms of um, helping people start businesses, mentor them, make connections for them. A lot of what we do is giving you a safe place to fail almost. So if you think about the mantra of fail fast mm. or um, getting a community of supporters, you know, we provide that environment for people to do that in our, in our space and in our community. And, and some of that is, it's tied to education, it's tied to classes, it's um, workshops, it's mentoring. It's sometimes just having an ear for people to, 
to, to talk about what they're doing and, and creating this ecosystem, I think is really important for communities because, you know, with, with the way our country is and, and divided in, in, in so many ways, if you have somebody who's sort of there to say, I hear you, you know, I hear what you're saying, whether it's um, related to their business or their company, you know, I think our space is really important as a catalyst for that. And then um, I also help consult other communities that are trying to do that as well, usually related to ending the cycle of poverty and economic development and really engaging in, in, in people and saying, if that's your idea, what can I do to help you launch that? Mm. As opposed to, um, that's not a really good idea and you should do something else. So mm. we, we become a sounding board on so many levels. Mm. Thank you for that. And, and just to clarify, did you co-found or found the Clubhouse? So I, w- I was one of the founding members. So I came on board. If you know about co-working spaces and maker spaces and hacker spaces, I was, I was, a, I was working from home as a consultant and I was um, looking at the dog too long and hanging out in my pajamas and I needed a workplace, a professional workplace to really scale my business. And so I joined the Clubhouse when it, at its inception and have been with it ever since. Gotcha. So, so tell me um, what prompted the reaching out um, to wanting to come on the show and, and what would be helpful to talk through this morning? I think the, um, the overriding arch of, of what I'm struggling with a little bit that I think would be important to talk about is, is this concept of rejection is this concept of um, how do, how do you handle you know, an idea or a concept when you're sharing it with a community of, of, of people that, that could be decision makers, that, that could be the catalyst to help you make that change. And, and, and it's hard because you don't want to, you don't want to take it personally. You, you know, that in the bigger ecosystem, you know, it might not be the right time or the right fit. But I think, I think so many times when people define their successes or they talk about their accomplishments, they have to sort of give credit to the people behind the scenes, the, the things that happened, whether it was luck or opportunity or education. And, and so at the end of the day, there are people that, are, that can help you make, make these really big decisions. And, and I'm just curious if, if, if you have a calling for something, if you feel like this is what you really, really want to do and you want to share that, how do you get what you might think of as people or institutions to really sort of buy into that idea. And if they don't, how do you get over the hump of, of thinking that it's, it's a rejection or it's a failure? Because at the end of the day, it, it really isn't. It's more of a keep pushing through, keep being diligent. Um, again, looking at, at what that looks like in terms of, of not taking it so um, personally, but, but really being vulnerable to, to sharing what you think is really a, an amazing thing for your community or, or for your state or your country or, or even this earth, so to speak. Hmm. It's a big topic. <laughs> well, I think that, you know, when I went, to, when I went to your workshop in the, in, you know, 18 months ago or so, I think, you know, talking to people, regardless of where they are, you know, in terms of their education or their wealth or their geography, it's really important that we all have these vulnerabilities. We all have this sense of I'm failing and it doesn't matter if, the public forward facingness makes you look like you're the rock star or you've got it all mm. together. And, and in reality, I think we're all struggling in, in some ways. And I think it's, it's important to understand, you know, if, you, if you're really set out to do something, what is it, 
that 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 can help make that successful without you being your own worst enemy almost. Mm, sure. So um, tell me tell me a story about rejection for you. Oh gosh. Um, Why is this so powerful for you right now? I think the rejection for me is 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 probably based more on fear. Um, so you're anticipating possibly being rejected. Is that what it is? I think so. Um, I know a lot of it had to do with, you know, having a career and, 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 and growing in a career and thinking, well, the only way I can grow in my career is if somebody else helps me to grow as opposed to growing myself. And so I think that, that the, um, the failure that I've seen happen is, is expecting something to happen professionally and then it didn't happen. And so I'm like, Oh, I probably shouldn't think that I'm good enough for that job. Or I'm probably, yeah, I, I, I failed. I didn't, I didn't get that interview or I didn't get that contract or I didn't get that return phone call. And so those failures, you know, they pile up and they start to make you feel like you're inadequate or that you're, um, you don't really have your shit together, that you're really um, an imposter. The mm. imposter syndrome kicks in really big time mm. in terms of um, thinking that, you know what, maybe that person was having a bad day too, or maybe they didn't get the funding they needed to mm. hire you to do the contract. Like it could be something so far removed from who you are as a person, but yet that's not reflected in what that rejection was. Mm. Mm. So as you were describing yourself and telling a little bit about your story, um, there were a couple of words that I sort of jotted down and then I, I drew boxes and circles around because it's a way for me to sort of to track what am I hearing. Mm -hmm. And I heard uh, words, I heard the word community several times. Mm -hmm. I heard the word safe and safe mm -hmm. place. I heard the word collaborative. And I heard the word space. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Those, those are all really important words um, for I, what I would say Grace's DNA. Yeah. Yeah. And what's, what's the relationship with the imposter syndrome? What's the relationship with the fear of rejection? What's the relationship with, I'm looking back at my notes. <laughs> and this had from an email that you sent, how can I get thought leaders and decision makers and those with influence and here's an interesting word, power to agree, mm -hmm. support this idea, which is really your idea, which and how can I do it in a way where when they don't accept that, it feels like rejection or I mm -hmm. don't take it personally? What's, what's this relationship between community, safe space, um, co-working, mm -hmm. a clubhouse, and worried about being rejected and worried about taking it personally. What's, what's going on there? In that circle? Well, I think um, a lot of it kind of goes back to 
how we as an organization support entrepreneurs. So, so I myself am as an entrepreneur, right? So helping to co-found this space, you know, putting in a lot of sweat equity, putting in a lot of grit. And I think that um, what really happens is having, having, having the space, whether it's, 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 it's grace or, or the physical place and wanting it to be successful, like, like, my definition of success is that I can bring a community together and that they can collaborate on something that's, that's mutually successful. And so for instance, if, 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 if you're in a, in a city and, and you have a, the example that we use is you have a storefront, you have a main street, you know, if you have a small to mid-sized city and you have a main street that has been neglected. Mm-hmm. So the community has, 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 has left their, their own downtown, you know, for various economic reasons. And, and I see a storefront, and I think, you know, that storefront could be filled with, with people. It could be filled with, it doesn't matter who they are, but the people can be there to try and create a community. And, and, and you're going to have to go to the landlord and you're going to have to ask for a break or you're going to have to ask for, you know, I'm not asking for a hand handout. I'm asking for a hand up because mm-hmm. my hand up might ultimately help you. And, and so if you help me, I'm going to help you. And, and, and I want so desperately for that kind of community to exist for that kind of collaboration. Um, we pride ourselves a lot in saying, you know, we're not a social service agency. This isn't a, you know, we're not just going to write you a check or give you free things. Like you have to, you have to show up for these things. You have to be present. You know, a lot of times we equate our space with going to the gym. If, if you, if you join a gym, if you, if you pay them $79 a month and you don't go and work out, you're not going to lose weight, right? You're not going to, you're not going to get fit. If, if, if you join the space, I'm not going to do the business for you. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that work. I'm going to make the connections for you, but you're going to get stronger. You're going to learn more about business and funding and, and, and design and creativity. And, and, and I want that space to exist, but there are other players in this ecosystem. And, and when I think about community, you can think about your, your governments, you can think about your boards, you can think about your staff, you can think about your members, and all those people have to be on the same page for this thing to really be successful. Um, for your investors, you want them to say, like, this is a good value, and mm-hmm. I'm going to invest time or money or resources. And instead, there's been pushback about like, well, you know, I can't help you in that space, or that's not what I'm interested in, or I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to help you with this sort of token of, of support. Mm. And really it's like, no, I need this to have impact. Mm. And, and I think, you know, stepping outside this for, for just one second, that's a lot of struggles with nonprofits. A lot of nonprofits have this, this space that, that they struggle with financially. And I'm just like, there has to be a way to impact our communities without having this like handout mentality. It's like, no, I, I really, I really want you to get an ROI mm-hmm. in helping our community help your community. So, so Grace, can I, I want to reflect back something that it feels like this this movement. It's almost a jujitsu movement. Jujitsu is the, is one of the martial arts where you use the energy of your, of the, of the opponent against them. And so, um, when they come at you, you flip it around. And so for me, there's a flipping around that, that perhaps is going on here, which is, um, you start to talk about grace, mm-hmm. 
you start to use the word I. And almost within a nanosecond, you start to think about the other people. Mm -hmm. You start to think about the community. Mm -hmm. Does that have any resonance? I'll, show, uh, uh, I'll share more about what I see. Okay, that's good. This is good. I worry about being rejected. And I want to talk about the community. And so what, what it leads me to, I worry about my imposter syndrome, but I want to talk about nonprofits and how others are experiencing mm -hmm. and there's this movement where it comes in and then it goes out and it comes in and it goes out and so and this may feel a little uncomfortable and mm -hmm. if it does well, well it'll be an interesting point um but um what does it do for you for grace to know that you are helping to build community or to create safe spaces for collaboration or places for others to not feel rejected. What does it do for grace? It feels like I'm breathing. Ah. I feel alive. Stay right there. Now, the smile that just took <laughs> across. Yeah. 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 That's, yeah. That is my wheelhouse. And in fact, you used a phrase before, because as they started to pop words back at you, it was like, this is the grace DNA. This is my wheelhouse. This is the space in which I live. Mm -hmm. I being grace. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And, and the, the, the thing that, that I have experienced mm. over the course of my career is, is variations of what what is the definition of community? Because mm. it's a very vague word. It can mean... What does it mean to grace? So it means a lot of different things, but I, mm. but I know that, that my wheelhouse is a, is, a, is a type of community, which is, again, this entrepreneurial startup community. Those people, the ones that have believed in themselves to jump outside their comfort zone, mm. to start a company to start an idea, to, to risk financial and relationships and education and geography, like those people fascinate me. Mm. Um, there's, there, there's, a, there's a certain personality that exists in that community that they got grit, mm. they got um, passion, they got um, persistence. Mm -hmm. And those those things and those people and those, I don't even care really what industry it is. It's just, I, I, I feed off of that energy of them. Mm. And that's where I thrive is connecting entrepreneurs or that ecosystem mm. with the thing that will help them succeed. Mm. So connecting them, whether it's a customer or a real estate mm. or an investor mm. or a, a public speaking engagement, like I celebrate those things. Mm -hmm. I, I, I celebrate right beside them. And, and um, can you tell me about, can tell me more about the way it helps you breathe? Can you tell me a little bit more about the ways in which these are my words, not yours, so reject okay. them. Okay. The way it's air for you. It's a, um, 
if you feel alive, if you feel again, sort of this higher power of like, this is why I exist on this planet. This is, this is where my talents and my, and my gifts, spiritual or otherwise, this is where I was put on this earth to contribute. And, and again, I go back to people that come through our space or those that I interact with. It's like, everybody's got a gift. Everybody's got a story. Everybody has significance on this earth. And I don't care, you know, how old you are, what color you are, your age, your education. I think that's what's so wonderful about, again, what I do is, is, it, is hearing these stories and helping people solve the problems that they think are so um, important in our community. And, and, and I love it. I love it. I, I hear people's stories almost every day. And I'm like, I'm so happy that you're excited about that thing. Mm. I don't know anything about that, but I want to help you with that thing. So I'm going to reflect backward. I think that there's a, there's a, there's a two-part structure at work here. Okay. One is, um, in this beautiful phrase, everybody's got a gift. Mm-hmm. And then there's a particular, in this current incarnation of grace, manifestation of working with everybody's gift. And that is entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Meaning, um, we could apply this to a classroom. We could apply it to a group of nonprofit executives. But the way it's particularly manifesting is entrepreneurs. And so there's a power, there's, an, there's a, a life-affirming power in the phrase, everybody's got a gift and my wheelhouse is to help people manifest that gift. Mm-hmm. That's it's, true. Uh, okay, so, I, so <laughs> I'm hearing you. Yes. Take that in. Okay. Because part of the languaging that I heard here is a wish that those people would be heard, mm-hmm. which in that jujitsu move that we can often do might also be a reflection of the wish of ourselves to be heard. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not an opposition. It's it. Cause I, I cut you off. Say more. No, no. I I think where I what I what I hear you saying is yeah. that. I want to help people with their gifts, but I too have a gift. Yeah. And so my, my gift needs to be, my story needs to be told as well. And heard. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. My story needs to be told. That little move was, I need to speak grace, grace to grace. Mm -hmm. I need to speak. And that is a truth. And there's a wish and the wish is to be heard. Yes. And I'm going to take us way back to this fear about rejection. Okay. What happens when we're rejected? I'm going to quote your words back to you. How can I get thought leaders, decision makers, and those with influence and power to agree and support this idea? So there's, there's a, um, so one, I, I go, so I go back to, to the vulnerability part of this discussion. And, and, and it's, it's, it is a fear of rejection. It's a fear of, of sharing a story, not knowing if people with power and influence are going to accept it, right. much less help it. 
or even hear it. Even hear it. And so you, 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 you shut down, you, mm-hmm. you, you shut up, you, you stay in your lane. And, and, and I've experienced that. I've seen other people experience it. And so, you know, understanding how to get over the hump of go through that fear. That's, that, that might be my own answer is to, is to keep moving. Well, so, okay. Um, what occurs to me, so as soon as you said that, the intuitive word that popped into my mind was tragic. Mm. Wow. And then the image I had, because there, there was a quick little phrase you used, which was shut down, shut mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. Shut up and shut down. Mm. And the question I held was, when was Grace told to shut up and so therefore she shut down? And that's when that word tragic popped in. Okay. That's, that's interesting. That's eye-opening. Because here's the thing. The wish I think you have is, how can I find a way to steal myself S-T-E-E-L, such that the pain of not being heard, shut up, shut down, mm-hmm. I'm doesn't down. hurt. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> How can I steal myself so that that doesn't hurt? I don't know. I, I almost feel like the answer is to keep talking. Uh, there's something in there. It's, 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 it's to, it's, it's the... Okay, so brave bravery, mm-hmm. strength, um, resilience. It 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 is an internal em- sense of empowerment that mm-hmm. that needs to continue to blossom and to almost dismiss the feeling of being an imposter. Mm. Okay. So I I have a feeling that the answer to the question that you're holding, which is Mm -hmm. how can I deal with rejection Mm -hmm. and not take it personally? Mm -hmm. The answer is going to be a little non-intuitive. And it's not to get tougher. Okay. Okay. Hang out with me for here. It's not to get tougher. It's actually to allow your heart to be broken. Okay. That's interesting. You use the word resilience and you talked about um, bravery is a strength. And bravery is a strength. But so is the ability to have your heart broken. Mm. It hurts. But the ability to have your heart broken implies an ability to feel empathetic connection. Empathetic meaning I can touch into the pain that I have experienced so that I can compassionately be with someone else's pain. Compassion means to be with feelings. Mm -hmm. 
And so sometimes the messages that we get, which is, Grace, don't take it so personally. Well, you know what? You're talking about your DNA, your wish to commute, to be community, to, to, to foster community, to belong, to create a space of belonging is part, is, is like air. It's like water to you. It feeds you. Mm -hmm. And how else can you take that rejection of that except personally? You're amazing. <laughs> Why? So one of so you're, you're you're catching words that I say, and I just caught a word that you said. Yeah. And it's feed. Mm. And so one of the things when I tell the story about how me and my organization can help people is I ask the question, what feeds your soul? Mm. And so I, I know what feeds my soul. Mm. And what I hear you saying to me is that I hear from other people sometimes, don't feed your soul. Mm. And that's where that rejection and that fear mm. bubble up to the surface. I am definitely saying that, and I'm saying more. I'm saying something that I think can be, as I said, can feel a little counterintuitive, which is you, you, you held up your mug before your Sheryl Sandberg mug. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'm going to use that phrase back to you. I want you to lean into having your heart broken in those moments. That's so painful. Yes. Yes. That's going to hurt, Jerry. Yes. You just said yes. Yes. Tell me why. Tell me how. The impulse is understandable. If you stick your hand in a flame and it hurts, the impulse is to stay away from that. And mm -hmm. I understand that. And I'm not suggesting by any stretch of the imagination that we should put ourselves into situations of abuse or gratuitous pain. But you've asked of yourself, you know of yourself, that the grace of grace lies in a space of belonging and community. It is what feeds your soul, and you know it's what feeds other souls. And you're, you're, what you've shared with me is that your DNA is to constantly create spaces where human beings get to grow and thrive as human beings, whether they're launching a nonprofit, whether they're launching a for-profit entrepreneurial endeavor, some crypto <laughs> blah, 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 blockchain, I don't care. Mm -hmm. You're talking about creating the space for their soul to thrive and manifest. Mm -hmm. And what you're saying is, but I don't want to be hurt. I want to be heard, mm -hmm. but I don't want to be hurt. Is that not what everybody on the universe thinks and feels? Of course. <laughs> I know it's just, I know it's me. I know it's okay. me. So, I know that's part of me. 
So the Four Noble Truths that the Buddha taught begin with life is filled with suffering. And the suffering that he spoke about is existential dukkha. It's the soul hurting. The second noble truth is that which we do to push away the suffering makes the suffering worse. In effect, long before Sheryl Sandberg, the Buddha was teaching, lean into the suffering. Don't seek it out. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. when it shows up, don't recoil from it. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) That hurts. Yeah. Yeah. The flame, Jerry, the flame. The flame hurts. Yeah. Stay away from the fire. Right. But you ask the question, how is it that I can experience rejection? Because you're wise enough and self-aware enough to know that rejection is not something you can make go away, right? It is a part and parcel of the process of trying to become ourselves. The world, as David White says in a poem, the world and its harsh need to change you is always at play. And we experience that as a rejection of who we are in this moment. And the way to be with that is to meet that like a warrior. Mm. And it doesn't mean seek it out, get into relationships where people are constantly rejecting you. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the fact that we cannot stop the world and its harsh need to change us. And so we are really faced with only one choice. One life-affirming, soul-feeding choice, which is to take it personally and to realize that we're taking it personally because it matters to us. If it didn't matter to you, you wouldn't take it personally. But the problem, now here's the little trick, the little hack. The problem is not that they're rejecting you and that it hurts. The problem is that your own self-definition of worthiness is linked still to whether or not the people of power and influence agree and support with the idea. It's tied. It is it's tied. It's totally tied. You know for sure that this is your calling. Mm-hmm. the little doubt that exists in grace's mind is but what if i'm wrong and then when they those with power and influence mm-hmm. refuse to accept hear accept agree support see maybe they're right Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. And if I'm wrong about this, then I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. And I have no place that I belong and I have no space for grace. Yeah. I said before that the way to meet this is as a warrior. Where's the warrior piece of this, the strength piece of this? Mm-hmm. I am worthy 
whether or not my idea gets accepted. I am lovable and worthy of belonging, whether or not I succeed in creating space for others. Does that make any sense? Yeah, it does. It does. It does make sense. I feel. Yeah, it does. I, the, the the image that comes into my mind is a little bit of. I know. I know what I'm good at. I know what I'm supposed to be doing. I I have. I have gotten stronger. I have. I don't know that I've gotten tougher. The 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 going going through the pain and seeing the fear and acknowledging and broken heart that's that's still a big mountain for me mm-hmm. um what's the threat oh what would, aban- what? abandonment boom uh, that's easy that that i've gone through therapy for that <laughs> so so the threat is remember my my big three are love safety and belonging okay these are the things that we all strive for the fear of abandonment is a fear that we will not find a place where we belong. We don't have a place in the tribe. We don't have a place in the family. We're thrust out. Mm-hmm. We're bereft. We're cold. We're sitting naked in the forest by ourselves and not in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> right. We're cold and we're lonely. We're devalued. Mm-hmm. Which, of course, it's beautiful for you because what is it that defines you so much is the ability, is the wish and the ability to create such spaces of belonging for other people. Mm-hmm. What gives that wish the power to execute in a superpower way is the fact that you actually fear being abandoned. Mm-hmm. that fear is the power. Yeah, that's true. Because you know what it feels like. Yep. You know what a safe space of belonging feels like because you know what the opposite feels like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Safe space, yeah. Safe space to collaborate, safe space to dream new ideas, safe space to be in community, safe space to be heard, safe space to not be told shut up and shut down. Mm-hmm. But speak up, open show, up, show and up. show up. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's amazing. So what are you taking from this notion of the, your, your own question? How do I handle rejection? It's almost like um, bring it on. You know, bring it on without, without a kind of false kind of, um, I'll fight you. It's no, like, yeah, there, that, that's not it. I mean, again, this sort of cliche um, mm. things out there. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a lover. I'm not a fighter. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a competitive nature you know, if you asked me about my childhood, I'd be like, I was always on the team sport where nobody got cut because mm. I didn't want to have to compete with my friends. <laughs> and everybody belonged. Yeah, and everybody belonged. So I'm like, we're good. Um, so, 
so the rejection, I think what I, what I, what I hear you saying to me is, is a little bit of like, maybe my hand is right by that fire and it's okay. Mm. There might be some pain. There might be a little bit of angst, but it's like, I can do this. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I can be like, I can move through it. Mm. I can move around it. Mm. It's not, there's a, I, I would want to say that there's other opportunities or there's other, like eventually the fire is going to die or it's going to, I'm going to find some water and put it out. Like there might be other tools to. Well, the essence of who you are is unchanged by the fire. Oh, okay. Because the threat, right? The threat yeah. that you envision is this pain hand in the fire means I'm abandoned. This pain hand in the fire means the essence of who I am has been rejected. The only person who has such profound, persistent capacity to reject the essence of you is you. The only person who can put you in a position where your DNA is fundamentally, completely, and totally annihilated mm-hmm. is you. Mm-hmm. So the powers that be, as you reference, those with influence and power to decide whether or not you are worthy or you belong, is you. Mm. You can circle that. <laughs> <laughs> the only person who can cut you from the team is you. Mm. That's interesting. <clears throat> I hadn't really thought about it like that. I forget, Grace. Do you have children? I do. I have two. So what is it that they can do that can make them... Completely and totally unworthy of love. Oh, gosh. Is there anything? No. So why is that good enough for them, but not good enough for you? And this statement that I made about their essence being guaranteed by their own sense of self. Mm -hmm. Why is that good for them? I mean, I, I'm a parent. The wish that I have for my children is that they will always be able to tap in to know that they belong to themselves. It's interesting because I, I, my, so my kids are both in college right now and there's a lot of the soul searching of what do I do with my life and career? And I've, I think the thing that I have repeatedly affirmed for them in a few ways as a parent is one, you know, make smart choices, you know, don't, don't, don't hurt others Mm -hmm. in, 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 in whatever it is that you want to do, you know, lead an honorable profession, I guess I would say. And then other than that, it's, it's kind of wide open. Um, they, they, they sort of acknowledge, well, you're my mother. Of course, you're going to love me. And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm also trying to give you advice. This is what I do for a living. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, they, 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 they think in some ways like I do about their, their own vulnerabilities and their own rejection. And, and, and I try and empower them, but it's, it's hard. 
I'm going to reflect back. They think like I do. Well, no surprise, mm-hmm. right? Because there are kids. This is what they do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so the work that we do for ourselves has this corollary benefit for them. Mm. Imagine if you shared collaboratively the journey with them and you created space for this process. Because as a parent of 20-year-olds, I too can relate to the fact that um, our adult children worry about being rejected by the world. Mm -hmm. They worry about being put into a harsh situation where who they are is either morphed or changed or boxed in or told or made wrong. Mm-hmm. Is this is this a universal thing, Jerry? I think it's a universal human thing. It is okay. There's actually some sort of and and to me the evidence that it's a hum, universal human thing is that when you look at all the different wisdom traditions, they all speak to the same thing. Mm. I was talking to my Buddhist teacher, Sharon Salzberg, last night, and I was talking about the existence of the one Dharma concept. And the one Dharma concept is essentially that Buddhism, Islam, Judaism, Catholicism, Christianity, broadly speaking, Stoicism, Aristotelian philosophy, they're all leaning towards the same thing. Who are we as humans, human beings? How it manifests and the answers to the questions, yeah, there's a wide variety there. But the same question exists. Am I worthy of love? Mm-hmm. Will I be safe? And do I belong? Yeah. Apply that to Silicon Valley. Apply it to Augusta, Georgia. Apply it to Boulder, Colorado. Apply it to Midtown Manhattan. Mm -hmm. Apply it to Tokyo. Apply it to Tibet. Am I worthy of love? Can I love someone else? Will I be safe existentially, emotionally, physically? And do I belong? Or more specifically, where do I belong? Yeah. I mean, where, where, is it, where is a huge thing for me right now in my life? Where do I belong? Mm-hmm. And isn't that the same that your children are going through? <sighs> yeah, for sure. It's where do I belong? These little... What's these my little tribe? Tentacles of, of bridges. Yeah, but it's funny because, you know... I know this isn't a parenting show per se, but there's a part of me that's like, okay, as a parent, you have to let go. You know, you have to sort of cut the apron strings a little bit and you have to let them figure this out. You know, I, I prided myself as a parent raising them that, that they made a lot of their own decisions in a lot of ways. So and I think in their knees along the way. Yeah. 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 And some things, you know, I caught them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was a skin. It wasn't a tear. Right. No, only one broken bone mm. in 18 years. <laughs> That's not bad. It did, um, it did good. Yeah, yeah. 
It did. And, 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 and I wouldn't say that what I do now is, is a parenting thing either. Cause I don't, I have two kids. I don't need more kids mm. to parent. I just, um, but, but I think that the connections that you have enlightened me to has been really very thoughtful. Like, I just want to go and like meditate about all this right now. Well, that sounds like a beautiful experience. <laughs> and so maybe, maybe we can start to wrap with regard to that. Um, you know, the last thing I would say is that I think that just like parenting is a, is a journey of letting go, I think our process of working with all sorts of issues like this is a process of us becoming the adults we were born to be. Mm. And it's a practice. And that word practice is always important to me because it does not imply attainment. <laughs> right. It, apply, it, it, it implies a movement towards. And if we can hold that, uh, it allows us to accept our foibles. It allows us to accept our imperfections. It allows us to accept the ways in which we are not living up to our aspirations. Mm-hmm. And we begin again the next day to try again. Yeah. So I want to thank you for, for coming on the show and asking such thought-provoking questions and really challenging me to sort of understand what I, what I believe to be true about these things. Um, it's such a growth experience for me. Thank you, Jerry. I appreciate right. it. Be well. If you enjoyed this episode, go to reboot.io slash podcast to listen to all five seasons of our podcast conversations. And leave us a review on iTunes. That's the best way for other people to find and enjoy the show just as you have done. And don't forget to join our mailing list at reboot.io slash sign up so you never miss an episode. Thank you for listening. How long till my soul gets it right? My name is Gerard Grech. I'm the chief executive of Tech Nation. The inner game is just as important as your outer game, and the two are so interconnected. So how you show up to work, even though you say this to yourself, like, I've got to be positive, I've got to be smiling, and actually what you say and how you behave can sometimes be completely incongruent. And I think what Reboot Circles does in a very conscious way is makes you much more consciously aware. And it's like a muscle which you need to keep fit. Uh, leadership is not something you're born with. It's something you can get better and better at it. And it's one of those things that I think Reboot is, is one way to keep yourself, keep, keep your leadership fit as, as much as possible. Consider joining a Reboot Circle. Our Circle's participants have called their circle their secret weapon. You'll gain more self-awareness and you'll know you're not alone in the challenges you face day to day. 
you'll find the same level of self-inquiry in a coach-facilitated cohort with six other leaders just like you. Apply at reboot.io slash circles.